0: Your state, your team, your show. This is Sports Nightly.
1: Turn in off the tater. He's hitting the backfield drop. he lose a- Go, go,
0: Sports Nightly during the holidays is presented by the Woodhouse Auto Family. With over 6,000 new and pre owned vehicles in stock, visit Woodhouse.com to browse the entire inventory. Now, let's check the pulse of Husker Nation with your hosts, Greg Sharp and Ben McLaughlin.
1: Here we are, Thursday night, Sports Nightly on the Husker Sports Network. Hope you had a good day today. We've got a full show lined up for you tonight. In fact, for our last show of the week. No show tomorrow. Husker basketball will bump us off the air tomorrow night as the Big Red continue non-conference play with Southern at PBA tomorrow at 7 o'clock. pre coverage right at this time tomorrow night with Kent Pavelka and Jake Muehlheisen. Here's what we have coming up on the show. It's a packed show tonight. We'll have a practice report. You heard Tim play a clip from Scott Frost's media session from earlier today. We'll have the full practice report coming up in a couple of minutes as the Oscars get ready to take on the Maryland Terrapins on Saturday. We'll also have our Choices Treatment Center Big Ten Picks of the Week we usually do that on Friday, but no show tomorrow. So we got to get him in tonight, see how we, who we like in some of the matchups around the league this week. So we'll have those coming up later on in the hour. Hour number two, it's our Nebraska football show. Running backs coach Ryan Held will be here. He's had an interesting, interesting year. Um, the development of Dedrick Mills, the splash onto the scene of Wandale Robinson, who now has been battling injuries, and obviously the departure from the team from Maurice Washington has certainly been a big factor for his room. So, looking forward to chatting with Coach Held coming up in hour number two, and we'll be certainly taking calls and questions from you all as well. Thursdays, we talk with Teddy, Teddy Greenside of the Chicago Tribune. He will be here in hour number three. Fred Hoiberg had a press conference today as the Oscars get ready for that Southern matchup tomorrow night. We'll hear some clips from that. And... How about this? We'll talk a little Husker wrestling. Mark Manning will be here. Huskers have their first home duel tomorrow night. So we'll hear from uh, the coach about some really new and exciting wrestlers. Nebraska ranked in the top five in the preseason and after the first week of action polls. So uh, looking forward to hearing from the coach coming up in our number three. And as always, chance for you to be a part of the program at 866-HUSKER-1-866-487-5371. Ben, we're 24 hours away from getting ready to head to College Park, Maryland, where the Huskers will take on the Maryland Terrapins. First time Nebraska football has played at this venue. It's only the second time the Huskers and the Terrapins have played college football. Um, They played here a couple of years ago. Nebraska won that game after Maryland joined the league, but... Uh, I mentioned to you earlier in the week feels like a bit of a non-conference game. Huskers can't view it that way. I mean, this is a this is a big game for Nebraska. They need Huskers one. You just you need to win. Nebraska has a one since October the 5th, but to get
2: to bowl eligibility, there's no room for error now. Yeah, and I think that that's to me why it's a big game because you've got two left and you need both and Maryland just happens to be the 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 next team on the schedule that is one of those two and you know the Huskers really need to come out and and get a win. For multiple reasons but um, I think I think you know to even have a shot against Iowa you feel like they got to come out and take care of Maryland Um, you always want to beat your rival on the last game of the year but you know you drop this one to Maryland and best case scenario it's just five wins you got to wonder how much is going to be left in the tank but you beat Maryland and you know if you take care of business the way that that you should uh, it could be a big shot in the arm, and I think that's a different feel. It's a different mood. I mean, similar to this week, it's been a pretty good mood around the team this week because of yeah. how they performed against Wisconsin. So if you can go, you know, come out with that same intensity with Maryland that you did against Wisconsin, come out with a win and do it convincingly, uh, I mean, who knows, maybe a, a little doubt creeps into Iowa's mind and you can go reach that goal. You know, we
1: heard the head coach after the game Saturday say uh, he doesn't want to talk about moral victories Anymore, But I do think that there is a sense with that football team, and correct me if, if you got a different sense, that when they walked off the field Saturday, even though they lost by 16, they felt like they made progress, that they became a better team in that game against Wisconsin than they were the week before against Purdue, that they did some things that if they do that week after week, game after game, that those wins are going to start to come. That, that's I think the feeling I got from the guys being around some of them after the game.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I know. I, I think the the learning how to win thing is is prevalent and it's it's always there. Uh, I feel like you know, there are times this year where you feel like you've taken a step forward in that area. You know, games like Northwestern, where you know that those games haven't gone Nebraska's way, and Illinois as well. But there are also multiple games this year where the learning how to win thing hasn't gone so well. The Colorado game, the Indiana game, the Purdue game. So I, I kind of feel like we've – you know, if there's a meter of <laughs> knowing how to win and not knowing how to win, we're not as far – all. you know, the needle's not all the way to the left. It's more so maybe – To the center. To maybe halfway to the middle, halfway, yeah. halfway there. But I think this is another game that kind of – you know – We'll, we'll come down to that. You know, a few he plays here and there, and if Nebraska makes those plays, they're going to come out on top. And if Maryland's the one that makes the plays or Nebraska makes more mistakes, then, you know, things are going to unravel and that learning how to win thing takes another hit. Maryland's a little bit like
1: Nebraska. They've got some playmakers on the offensive side of the ball. They've had trouble stopping teams, particularly in conference play. They just have not put up much defense. They could be 41 24 by Purdue in a game a couple of weeks ago. Ohio State. And again, Ohio State, they just absolutely obliterated the Terps in their last game. They did have last week off. Statistically, though, these two teams mirror each other a little bit. There's some some explosion on the offense of the Terps, but a defense that's been pretty darn leaky most of the year.
2: Yeah, they've got some scary pieces offensively, and you look at their first couple games this year where they're just romping people and moving up and down the field at will. You know, that Syracuse game is one that sticks out. Uh, in a big way, uh, it's definitely eye-opening. But you know, they, they got hit with some adversity, and you know, we're kind of hearing that right now with Coach Wayberg, a year-one head coach. I know it's a different sport, but how his team handles adversity, you know, when they've been um, you know faced with it, they haven't done a good job responding from it. I think Maryland's kind of a similar case. They get hit in the mouth, and they're just having a hard time pulling themselves off the deck. And it's been a rough couple of months for that for that football team and that program. Coach Loxley's trying to pull them out of the rut. They're not going to make a bowl game this year. And, you know, you just hope that that streak can continue at least one more week. But, uh, you know, that's a team that's trying to find themselves. But offensively, they've got really good – getting Anthony McFarlane was a huge Ooh. get yeah. for them. That kid could have gone anywhere in the country, highly rated recruit, um, chose to stay home in the, in the Maryland area and, and go to school there and, and, you know, just to bring some other pieces. They've had a number of good – Good pros in the past that are now playing on Sundays. There are a lot of really good players on this team. that just doesn't always equate to good football. That's, there's a lot of good football
1: in that area. That's what people think. Maryland's a bit of a sleeping, not giant, but sleeping, solid football program in college football because there's so many good athletes right around that D.C., Baltimore area uh, that there's so many – people that live up and down that seaboard of the United States that they could be a, a team to be reckoned with. But October the 5th, that's the last day either of these football teams won. Maryland beat Rutgers that day. Nebraska beat Northwestern that day. That is a long time ago when we tee it up on Saturday, November the 23rd. Somebody's going to break through that snide. The other one and. Maryland. Maryland has been eliminated from bowl contention at three and seven. Nebraska can still get there with two wins, but October the seventh. Wow, I would not have believed that if you had told me that a couple months ago. Yeah,
2: and it's it's a again you kind of heard it there with Coach Frost. Um, you know, in the in the cut that we played here to start the show, it's it's a chicken or egg situation. You know, once you start winning, the more you believe you can win, and the more wins happen. But it's hard to to start that snowball effect and the Huskers are having a hard time getting that thing rolling, as is Maryland right now, and you're running out of chances to do it, at least on Nebraska's side of things, two wins means you get to keep playing. Yeah. And I know those seniors really don't want this to be their last couple of games. And, um, you know, to again, you, you got to put one foot in front of the other and find a way to beat Maryland. But I'm imagining what that week's going to be like in preparation for Iowa if the Huskers can indeed come back with a win. Time for tonight's practice report. Every practice.
3: We're going to work on it every single day until these guys master it. All season long. There's nothing better as an athlete than being part of something that's bigger than just yourself. And I think these guys are starting to feel that, and we'll keep building it.
2: It's time for a Husker football practice report on Sports Nightly. Brought to you by JTEC Construction. Time to replace your roof. Call JTEC, the official exterior experts of the Huskers, for a free estimate. JTEC Construction is a family-owned company with locations in Lincoln, Omaha, and Grand Island well had offense day defense day and now head coach day to wrap up the media availabilities this week head coach Scott Frost meeting with members of the media following the workout here today and addressing the current mood of the team after what happened with Wisconsin and two games to go here's the head
3: coach the the mood has been positive the energy is positive the attitudes are positive Um, they believe in where they are and what they're doing it's just until you get over the hump and get some of those wins, uh, you can still see guys wondering when it's going to happen instead of expecting it to happen, go out and making it happen. And, and this team um, needs to win one of these close games, needs to get over the hump. Um, they're doing everything right. Um, I just think winning breeds more confidence, and confidence breeds more winning. And what about the
2: effort and enthusiasm he's seen in practice this week?
3: Yeah, attendance has been good. Uh, effort's been good. Enthusiasm's been good.
2: So it sounds like, you know, the team's in a pretty good spot mentally. Uh, I, I kind of got that sense in the locker room, too, following the game with Wisconsin. But I guess we won't really know until the ball's kicked off in College Park. The two bye
1: weeks, I think's helped. This team, it kind of helps cleanse your mind a little bit. And I do think that there was, and we mentioned this in the opening segment, just a feeling walking off the field. That if they play like that week in and week out, there's going to be some wins coming. So I I hope that carries
2: into Saturday. Passion and intensity is something we definitely saw against the Badgers. What does Coach Frost emphasize to his boys this week?
3: Yeah, we talk about those things every week, and really those things don't change. Um, Those things are continuing to get better. Uh, Try to win your individual battles. Play as hard as you can. Play for the brother to your right and your left. Um, Obviously, there's some other things that – you know, we're we're still putting the ball on the ground too much, turning it over too much. We're not creating them well enough on defense. Um, usually, a game like we're going to play, supposed to be a little bit of rain. Um, a lot of times, those games can come down to to turnovers. So we we have to do well in that category.
2: There's a lot of things that kind of go into it, but you know, the the message has been pretty consistent from what we're hearing from the coaches to the players each week, and. Control what you control, but more importantly, do your job and do it it the best you can. That's all you can do. What about Maryland? What does he see with the Terrapins and potential challenges that the Huskers will see against the Terps?
3: Uh, They're athletic. They're talented. Um, I think both teams are are desperate for a win, and um, I think they're well coached, so uh, just like any other Big Ten team, we're going to have to go play well if we expect to have a chance
2: they do have some talent i mean you look up some of their recruits and the ratings by the different recruiting services some of these kids are rated pretty high um i've been saying all week on different radio shows that you know it's kind of the opposite effect of northwestern northwestern doesn't have great talent but they play disciplined football and they don't make a lot of mistakes maryland's kind of the opposite they've got great talent but they do make some, some mistakes so you know, you look at this this challenge in particular, and you're going to line up for the dude next to you. He might be faster. He might be stronger. But you, you still got to play good football. McFarland's really good. Leak's pretty good running back. Yeah, they
1: Big. I, I think we'll see both quarterbacks, Jackson and Pigram. They're both okay, but not great. Jackson has been pretty inaccurate throwing the football. So if Nebraska can make him throw to beat him, I think I like Nebraska's chances. Pretty young in the secondary. I think there's some opportunities for Nebraska offensively to make some big plays against this Maryland team. So you're right, that's a pretty good description. Better athletes than Northwestern, but they don't play nearly as smart
2: as the Cats do. They do not. And one of the guys looking to feast on that Maryland defense is Adrian Martinez. Is he playing with more confidence? Here's head coach Scott Frost.
3: Yeah, I thought he played with a little more confidence Saturday. He he definitely ran um, with more of a purpose, I thought. Uh, Made some really good throws. Put some balls on a line into a couple tight windows for plays for us, and um, he's getting healthier. That's going to help. Uh, but you know that's the kind of Adrian that we expect. Coach was then
2: asked a follow-up on Adrian Martinez. Somebody asked, is it is it due more to play calling or
3: maturing or maybe both? You know, I think with a lot of quarterbacks, it helps if you get him a completion early. Just like a shooter in basketball making a shot early, um, basket starts to look bigger. I like think with some quarterbacks, you know, calling a designed run for him early and uh, getting him hit once helps too. And uh, Adrian's probably like that in, in both counts. So we, we got to get him off to a good start. When
2: I talked to Adrian after the game, he- Told me that he felt like himself out there for the first time in a long time and felt like, you know, he laid it out on the line. And I think you could see that in mm-hmm. that Wisconsin game. And you hope that he can come out with that same confidence against Maryland and have a big day. A little swag to him after he scored the touchdown. A little bit of that Iowa swag that we saw at the end of last season. You hope
1: he's kind of found it because if he finds it, we all know, we've seen it
2: enough in his young career, he can be a pretty special player. Yeah. Even this year, the Illinois yeah. game, you know, it's not like he's been a a shell of himself the entire year. We've seen what a good Adrian Martinez looks like. I mean, even as soon as this year. And if you could string three good games together with Wisconsin in these last two, uh, and then, you know, maybe, maybe propel yourself into a bull game. One of the guys he's throwing to and one of the guys that I pointed out to you and Nate at the press conference, I think's is playing really well right now is Conavai Noah. Mm-hmm. Uh you're starting to see the production more, but you know, more so the little things that has made him good. Here's Coach Frost talking about Conove and his uptick in production.
3: Yeah, he, he was really really practicing hard the last few weeks, and I think it uh, translated to the field. Uh, he's he's a great person and uh, the kind of teammate we want. And I'm glad that he's had a little bit of success.
2: I he's really admirable. He doesn't uh, speak a lot to the media. He's very introverted, very quiet. Um, he's very I think he's very respectful. I think he's a great teammate. Uh, one example of that every single game before we walk out to the coin toss Conovye walks out stands in front of each of the four captains and shakes each one of their hands and I think that just kind of the, the guy that he is and the player that he is he's, he's selfless uh, he's emotional when Nebraska scores and you know you're a graduate transfer coming to Nebraska from a, a state away from the west That buy-in factor doesn't have to be there. I mean, he's one guy that you would expect maybe wouldn't buy in, but it couldn't be further from the truth from him. And I'm, I'm with Coach Frost. I'm glad to see him produce a little bit. Because he wasn't here for the spring, I think it just took him a while to kind of feel
1: like he was part of the team. And you can see his confidence and his impact
2: growing week after week with his football team, and still two more chances for him to, to do that, and I think he will. He will continue to get more chances because of the injury to Wandale Robinson. Will Wandale be back before the end of the season?
3: Yeah, we, we, we're hopeful Wandale will, will be back on the field for us before the year, end, year ends. Yep. Nebraska sure better with them. Yeah, I mean, I don't like,
2: I, I like the uh, production of – Diedrich Mills, and it was great to see him last week, but Nebraska is a better team with Wandale on the field, that running back, receiver, wherever it is. Absolutely. And, and what a year he's had. is evidenced by being one
1: of the four finalists for that Paul Horning Award, that doesn't just get handed out to anybody. He's just done a
2: great job, and sooner the better for number one to get back. No question. Well, speaking of Diedrich Mills, how has he followed up a big game against Wisconsin with practice this week?
3: Um, he's been sore all week. Um, we've had a little bit of bug going around, too, that a couple people have caught. But um, I was really happy for him, and I think I think that's going to give him a boost of confidence going forward. Pretty easy to see
2: watching that game from field level that his body probably wasn't feeling the best after that one. That was a, a bruising, punishing game that took place on that field, and especially when you're carrying the balls as much as he did. Don't you think, though, by – Day six and day seven, that's when your body probably gets back
1: in shape. A lot of NFL guys talk all the time about they don't feel like by Tuesday, they're like, how in the heck can I be ready by Sunday? But then by Friday and Saturday, it kind of kicks back and you know, all they right, all right, now I'm ready to roll.
2: Yeah, that treatment Hope is so. Yeah, treatment's big and getting Cold in mass. That, Yeah, getting that body and eat, eating and sleeping. Yep. Um, you know, just easy, simple stuff too, as well. What about the weather? Coach Frost mentioned that a little earlier. Will have an impact on the game and the forecast.
3: Have no idea. Don't know what it's going to be like, um, but it's going to be the same weather for both teams. Expecting rainy.
2: Yeah, uh, might have a little bit of an impact. We've we've seen rain before, but yeah, it's a that's coach speak there. Both teams have to play in it. What's in the Ben McLaughlin suitcase? <laughs> to be determined. I am waiting till the last <laughs> second to to pull. The forecast has kind of moved around here and there, and I'm going to wait until the last moment to to pack because if I were to pack it right now, there might be a few different options in there. Can't rain old game can it I wouldn't think well, in Penn State it did yeah it did you're right this is kind of the same time of year as that yeah. one was yeah let's hope this game goes a little bit better let's finish it up talking a little bit about young players in this time of the year with less than four games left we saw Ty Robinson we saw Keem Green uh, a couple of games left for Luke McCaffrey one game left for Ramir Johnson uh, what, what about getting young players reps
3: yeah, we can talk about more of that after the season. But experience—there's no substitute for experience. And getting into any game in any fashion, um, I think, helps get your feet wet and gets you ready for the future.
2: Yeah, I mean, you, you don't have experience until you have it. So, you know, getting out there and getting some snaps—and you've heard the coaches say, perhaps a, a jump in Ty Robinson's snaps from last week to this week—get uh, get those kids' feet wet and see what they're made of. I, you know. He was Ty Robinson was exciting to me watching him get
1: after it. I thought that was really cool. I do think and we you and I touched on this Tuesday night. There's a little bit of danger putting some of these young guys out there on like on your your kick return teams because they're probably going to make mistakes and I think that happened against Wisconsin because some of those kids hadn't played all year long. You throw them out there in a big situation. They haven't been out there in that kind of a stressful situation before, and they're going to make some mistakes. So I I hope that's not the case. But with Ty Robinson, man, did he look like he belonged. Button heads with Tyler Biotish, who is now a semifinalist for the Allen Trophy and held
2: his own with that guy. And he's just in terms of size. He's a hard guy to move, period. And then you throw the technique and the experience in there, and that's where you can see him make a difference. Absolutely.
1: All right, 48 hours. We'll know. Yep. Huskers headed off to Maryland tomorrow, getting ready to take on the Terps. First time Nebraska's ever visited Maryland for a football game. Only the second time Nebraska and Maryland have played on the gridiron. Greg Sharp, Ben McLaughlin with you. Normally on Friday nights, we dive into our Choices Treatment Center Big Ten picks, but no show tomorrow with Husker basketball knocking us off the airway. So we're going to dive into it tonight. Our Big Ten game predictions presented by Choices Treatment Center, helping people make positive choices so Tim Kern how did we fare last week
4: well it looks like everyone got tripped up by the same game uh, Iowa Minnesota Ben and Nate both had Minnesota but Greg w- sided with the Hawkeyes and went a perfect five of five though everyone else four or five it was that exact same game that tripped everyone up so is Nate still in first? Nate is, uh, yes, yeah, 68 of 81. Ben right behind him, 67 of 81. And Greg, you're sitting at 64 of 81. Got some work to do if you want to catch got up. Got one here. back. Got one back. I was <laughs> five back. Now I'm four back. So yeah, and not much time left.
1: You, you got to make hay early in the season. I yeah. missed too many in back in September. When we got going. All right, let's launch into this week. 11 o'clock games on Saturday. Illinois at
2: Iowa. Ben, big Hawkeyes favored by more than two touchdowns in this game. Man, and as Steve Kelly told us on the Blitz, that's right where Illinois wants them. You know, they've some of their biggest wins have come on on point spreads, more than two touchdowns. Um, I just think Illinois, you know, you look at what's made them successful, and that's forcing fumbles, getting picks, defensive touchdowns really hard to do that against Iowa so I I don't know that their offense moves it over overly well uh, against Iowa's defense and I don't know that their defense gets enough turnovers I mean Illinois is like tops in the country in a lot of different turnover categories and I don't think they they uh they get it from Iowa so I'm going to uh I'm going to go ahead and, and choose the Hawkeyes in this one.
1: Yeah, me too. I think, I, I think Illinois covers. I don't think it's a 15-point game when it's all said and done. Illinois is coming off of a bye week, and I think they'll be energized. I think they're confident right now with what they've been doing. They just won their last road game at Michigan State. I think they're feeling pretty good, but I was a little bit better than them. I think the Hawkeyes win, but by about a 7-10 to 10 point range, not the 15. Tim, what, what's everybody else got for this
4: one? See, I, I'm rolling with Lovey. Uh, as well as Austin. I mean, he. Wow. We, we're both on the Lovey Smith train. Uh, and Nate as well. Uh, actually, no, sorry. Nate actually going with the Hawkeyes. He's Downton Lovey Smith. Uh, but this one is easily the toughest matchup, I think, of the week to pick. But uh, hey, don't count out Illinois. They've won, what, like four in a row now? Yeah. Uh, had the bye week. So uh, give me Lovey. Give me Lovey.
1: Well, that'd be, a, that'd be a huge upset if they overcame a 15-point dev. I don't think they did quite that, but uh, we'll see. All right, also at 11 on ABC on Saturday, Minnesota, who got their first loss of the year last week at Iowa City, goes to Northwestern. Northwestern coming off of a win. Pat Fitzgerald just decimated his quarterbacks after last week's game against UMass. They're a mess. Minnesota gets back on the winning track. They win this one, I think, fairly
4: easily. Tim, how about you boys in the back? Well, uh... Wait, sorry. What game was that again? <laughs> Minnesota bad. Northwestern. Yeah, Minnesota. So we've all got Minnesota back here. Nate's got Minnesota. Josh is on Minnesota. Austin's on Minnesota. I've got the Gophers. Uh, Northwestern. They haven't really scored, I think, in the century. So uh, got to go with the Golden Gophers.
2: I keep waiting for, for Northwestern to win a game that they shouldn't, and 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 tempt me to pick them one week, but they just they can't get over that hump. And, and so, you know, typically you want to pick a few Northwestern upsets here and there, but they haven't given me a reason to believe that those old cardiac cats can, can do it this year. So I'm going to pick Minnesota, and it, it's weird to, to say that Northwestern might go a whole year, Greg, without beating somebody that they shouldn't. That's... It's been a long time since that's happened. It's kind of un-Pat Fitzgerald-like, isn't yes, it, to, totally. be able, to be able to do that. All right, so everybody on
1: on the Gophers for that one. All right, Tim, back to you boys in the back. Also 11 o'clock here, so this is the biggest game of the league this week. Penn State at Ohio State. The Buckeyes, a whopping
4: 19-point favorite in this game. Yeah, I'm signed with Ohio State. I mean, I, I, I think that... It's, it, it's hard for me to go with the Nittany Lions. Austin's got Ohio State as well. Josh
2: and Nate are both on the Buckeyes, and I, I, I don't see Penn State win this one. If you listen to Corey Geiger on the Blitz last night, you'd think this is going to be a 50 to nothing blowout. Wow. Um, <laughs> he says Penn State has to get to 30 to win. He doesn't think it's going to happen. Um, I, I think Ohio State wins. I give Penn State a little bit more of a chance than what Corey thinks. I think he picked it 37-13 or something like that. Um Buckeyes are really, really good I do agree with what Corey said that Penn State's going to have to find a way to make Justin Fields uncomfortable because he hasn't been that very much this year and we've yet to see him really be rattled Um but Penn State's got the defense to do it they have the, the pass rush to do it if they can't do it, it's going to be another long day for an Ohio State opponent. But give me the Buckeyes. Okay, I'm with you too on the Buckeyes. But I
1: think this. I think they. I think Penn State covers the tradition of this game. I think the pressure of November will get on Ohio State a little bit. They'll play a little bit tight. That Penn State defense, I think, keeps them around this game. They've got enough playmakers on offense to make some plays. They don't win the game, but I think they keep this within two scores of Ohio State on Saturday. All right, still at 11 o'clock. So you have four Big Ten games at 11. Ben, we're back to you. Michigan State, it's all but over for Mark D'Antonio. They're on the road at Rutgers. Probably still get them a win. The uh, as Michigan State, Rutgers is so bad. Michigan State at Rutgers, your thoughts?
2: Michigan State needs two wins to get bowl eligible. They've got Rutgers and Maryland to do it. I said uh, about two months ago that I will never pick Rutgers to win another football game, and that <laughs> continues with me this week maybe this can be the confidence booster that that Michigan State needs to to get that last one done and head to a bull game maybe in their uh, home state of Detroit uh, I will continue my theme of not picking Rutgers I'm choosing Michigan State I'm with you Sparty wins fairly handily I think in this game Tim yeah I think every rational
4: human being uh, is rolling with Michigan State despite the fact that they have a lot of offensive problems like Northwestern however there is one irrational human being oh he just changed it back he was a coward Austin did have Rutgers uh he switched it back to Michigan State he could not stick with that oh, pick very sad come on Austin you could have been a hero this thing turned out the other way. how about Nate and Josh everybody with everybody with Sparty yep yep yeah that's exactly right yeah everyone everyone chose Michigan State uh and in Austin just last second very sad We'll side it with Sparty. Looked it back. All right, uh, 2.30 games now.
1: ESPN's got this one. Michigan at Indiana. I, I was so impressed with Indiana when they were here a couple of weeks ago. Already bowl eligible, 7-3 and three on the year with two games left to go. This one, and then they have the old Oak and Bucket game next week with Purdue. It is in Bloomington. Michigan is favored by 9.5 in this game. I think this is a really close game. I think this is a three- or four-point game. I'll give the edge to Michigan, but – I was really tempted, guys, to take Indiana in this game, but I couldn't quite do it. I'll
4: go Wolverines, but in a tight one. Tim? Yeah, everyone back here is rolling with the Wolverines, and like you, I, I was att- tempted to take Tom Allen uh, and his squad, and I think they actually could do it, but Michigan's playing a lot better football uh, than they were when they actually got clobbered by Wisconsin a, a few weeks back. So uh, give me Jim Harbaugh, the khakis, and Michigan, everyone else
2: is signing with Michigan as well. Indiana has given this team problems in the past, and they've taken them to overtime a couple times, and they've gotten lucky to get out. Um, This is the ultimate trap game for Michigan. You're perhaps looking ahead to next week. You're finally to that point where, you know, you're feeling your oats a little bit. The one thing that concerns me about Indiana is they just got done playing a war with Penn State last week, and one that they fell on the short side. I don't know that they can get up for another big opponent. I'm going to pick Michigan but I am not confident at all. It wouldn't shock me at all if Indiana beats them. I was so close to taking Indiana. I just couldn't quite you know what it. we know what the line is on it? Uh, yeah, it's 9.5.
1: No, they're not getting nine That's why I half. say. I think it's a three- or four-point game is where that one ends up there. All right, we'll wrap it up. Purdue at Wisconsin at 3 o'clock on Big Fox. Uh, we just saw the
4: Badgers. They're favored by 24.5 points. Tim, your thoughts from the back. Yep, uh, everyone is siding with the Badgers in on this one. Austin, me, Nate, Josh, Wisconsin all the way. Purdue right now uh, just not playing good enough football. And, of course, Wisconsin, we saw what Jonathan Taylor
2: and, and crew could do uh, offensively. So, Wisconsin it is for everyone. Hard to pick Purdue right now with all the injuries that they have on that, on that football team. And uh, Wisconsin just does what they do. They do it so well. Jonathan Taylor has destroyed Purdue in his career. Uh, He's going to have another big day, and Wisconsin's going to roll. I'm
1: with you. Everybody with the Badgers. I can't pick up any ground this week because we're all the same. That's kind of what happens at this point in time in the season. So we're all on the Badgers for this game coming up again, 3 o'clock on Big
0: Fox. Tonight, it's the Nebraska Football Show, right here on the Husker Sports Network.
1: And off Mills left side. He's inside the 10, to the 5. Touchdown, Nebraska!
0: A weekly look inside the Cornhusker football program.
1: Adrian gets the snap, puts it in the belly of Wandale, around on the side, he's got
5: a first down, 35-30, Wandale 25-20, 15-10-5, 20, he is in, touchdown,
1: Nebraska!
0: Tonight, running back's coach, Ryan Hill. Two wide outs
1: to the left, Mills in the backfield with Martinez. Adrian gets the snap, gives it off to Mills,
4: Mills pins away, he's to the 40, 45-50, Frederick Mills
1: has been a man today here in Lincoln.
0: Brought to you by Channel Seeds. Find your Channel Seedsman at channel.com. Sponsored in part by your Midwest Ford dealers. Visit online at buyfordnow.com. Now here's the host of the Nebraska Football Show, the voice of the Huskers, Greg Sharp.
1: Thank you. Welcome to our Nebraska football show for the week. Delighted to have running backs. Coach Ryan Held with us here in studio for the next hour. Here are the numbers if you want to be a part of the program. 866 HOSKER one 866 487 5371 Nebraska coming off a game against nationally ranked Wisconsin. The Badgers win it 37-21. The head coach said after the game, I'm not into moral victories. But there were positive things that you could certainly take away from that game and show your guys on Monday that we do this we're going to get some good results at some point in time
6: right oh it, it was you know uh, when we watched the film you're looking at you know when we were on offense that's a defense that average giving up 250 yards a game and we had 500 or 493 whatever it was with even more opportunities out there um, our guys really played hard they, they they took to the game plan on offense and and uh, you know, I mean, it was it was fun to watch because you could start to see things that that from practice on the game field and the execution. Uh, the the biggest deal again is we just have to eliminate these catastrophic plays that. Have put us in situations where you know we haven't been able to get points when need when we needed to 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 put ourselves in position to be uh, ahead of the game, so to speak, with 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 uh, possessions. Because we knew going into it, Greg, that you were going to get 55, 60 plays. They're going to huddle up and ugly yeah. the game and take four and make it like a. Uh, uh, academy game, and uh, uh, but you know we we have to be able to take advantage of of not giving up the big plays uh, on defense, getting the stops, and we got to take advantage of the scoring opportunities we get, and then obviously on on special teams, we absolutely cannot get a, give up a kickoff return for a touchdown right after we get seven points. I mean that's just a momentum killer. The balloons are still flying, and they're rocking with a touchdown. We just can't have. Cedric Mills, the star of the game,
1: seventeen carries. 188. What did you see from him on Saturday?
6: Well, I really challenge him. We're, we're limited with depth right now, injuries and other situations, obviously. And, and uh, you know, I challenge him to go be a dog. Go out there and, and uh, you know, play every play like it's your last play. And when, when you look at it, you could say that he definitely was out there really running hard. The offensive line did a great job. Tight ends did a great job. Receivers were getting blocked. So, you know, quarterback made the right decision getting us the ball. So it was a combination of things, but he did run hard. And, and you can, you know, he's been getting better all year. I, I've seen it in practice. He's starting to get a better feel for the game. Sometimes junior college guys or newcomers, it doesn't happen overnight. Um, but you can see him getting better, and he'll, he'll continue to get better. He, he cares a lot, doesn't he? he, he there's a, that's a guy who's all in. He wants to be good. He wants to do good
1: things for his teammates.
6: There's no question. Uh, every day at practice, he's ready to go. He works as hard as anybody on our football team. Um, you know, we need to continue to, to recruit guys like him uh, to get in our culture and our, our uh, environment so he can bring others along um, to get this deal where it needs to be. The game plan was brilliant by you and, and your coaches on that side of the football. You guys
1: really gouged that Wisconsin team. How well did the offensive line play Saturday for you?
6: They, they really did. They did a good job. You know, uh, Coach Austin uh, has done a great job with them, getting them better. Um, you know, the guys have come to work every day. I mean, you're looking at, you know, just for instance, Cam Juergens, uh, how much better he's got uh, along the way. Um, you know, we're relatively young, you think about it, you know, we have a lot of guys obviously coming back and those guys, um, went out there and, and, uh, you know, because, uh, you know, with Wisconsin, they'll be in in an even front, which is a four down front and then they will be in an odd front. Well, then they started going more odd front. The good thing is, is our defense does the same thing. So we get to see it day in and day out. Um, but we had a great game plan. We felt like, um, you know, obviously, the numbers show it other than we got to be able to, to get the, the, the more points when we get our chances, but we definitely move the ball uh, at, a, at, a, at a nice level. Diedrich
1: had 17 carries. The only other back that had carries was Wyatt, who, by the way, was put on scholarship again, second time, second straight year for him. Hardworking guy who does a lot of things the right way, doesn't he?
6: Yeah, Wyatt Missouri exemplifies everything we want in the walk-on program. He's a great team guy. Uh, he's been in the program for five years, uh, worked his way up. Um, he's very smart. He knows the offense, uh, and he can go out and execute plays. Um, you know, he could play receiver if, if we needed him to. He's really good on special teams. So, you know, it shows the walk-ons that when they come to Nebraska, you work hard and, and, uh, and put yourself in position to help the team. You'll have a chance to earn a scholarship, and that's what we want. The walk-on program has to be, uh, you know, really, really good because, you know, in this day and age, you're not going to hit on all your scholarship kids. There's going to be kids that are hurt, um, not ready. And if your walk-ons are in there working three, four, five years in the system – uh, just like when we had in the '90s, when I was here, those guys can really help you in some facet of the game. Brody Belt, kind of the same way for you, Coach. Absolutely. You know, Brody um, has done a really good job. Obviously, he's younger, but uh, you know, he can play receiver. He can play running back. He's he's got a chance to be a really solid, good player for us. He does a good job on special teams. I mean, if you line him up, he could run with a lot of the guys on the football team. He's smart, uh, so he's another guy that in the wings that um, you know, hopefully some day has a chance to be just like why in terms of earning a scholarship and all that we've we've heard the name winemaster for a couple of years now for husker football an older brother
1: who was a, a linebacker a huge part of special teams and now we have another one in zach winemaster tell tell the audience a little bit about zach
6: well zach is a, is another kid that uh uh, has done a great job coming into the program as a walk on. Uh, he's really, really smart. Uh, you know, he's physically he, he's he's you know got a tremendous vertical. He can run. Um, he's got a bright future. You know, him him getting in the weight room uh, with Zach and the boys, uh, he'll have a chance to to really help us in some way, shape, or form. You know, he he's been playing some special mm-hmm. teams late. You know, we I you know kind of looking at it from a baseball perspective. I brought him up from the minors and and uh, you know activated him so to speak and. And he's helped us, and and I think he's another guy uh, that will help us uh, in his career. Ryan Hells with us, Husker running backs coach. This is our football
1: radio hour for the week. Huskers getting ready to travel to Maryland on Saturday to take on the Terrapins. Let's talk about some of the freshmen in the program. Ramir Johnson's a guy who's played a couple of games for you. Still, I believe, has one left. To preserve the redshirt, which I think you would like to be able to do, update us on him.
6: Well, uh, Ramirez has gotten better throughout the year. Uh, You know, I wish we could have, you know, maybe been able to get him a few more plays up to this point. But uh, and we're going to give him a chance to get out there and get some reps on Saturday. Uh, He can really run. Uh, He's a great kid, and he's another guy that you know just. uh, has gotten better and then you know I'm excited for him to get in the off-season program to put on some weight and continue to to get better uh, but you know uh, his uh, future but I need to see what he can do on Saturday. Do you are you concerned with him mentally because I'm sure he
1: wants to be out there you all are thinking for the long range plan for him but
6: I'm sure he wants to be out there each week carrying the football. Well, no doubt. I mean, you know, he's a competitor, and uh, but but also on the other end, Greg, he wants to help the team do whatever he you know whatever he can do to help us, and uh, uh, you know, so he's done a great job of being a great teammate. Um, you know, and again, if 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 we had opportunities to play a little bit more, um, you know, and uh, some other games, it would be nice. But, you know, the redshirt rule is nice, uh, and he'll get a chance to, to get a little more significant playing time in this weekend's game.
1: The other freshman is Ronald Tompkins, who came to Nebraska coming off of a, a knee injury. Just give us the update on him. I think we all knew he wasn't going to play this year for you, it's, but still a part of the program.
6: Absolutely. You know, he's, he's uh, in the redshirt program um you know he had a few things that we needed to get cleaned up and and uh so we feel good that that he's you know his trajectory is good in um, his recovery and, and rehabbing. Uh, we wanted to be smart with him, but he's a you know he's a very talented running back. Um, you know even as of late, there were a lot of schools that, that were trying to get him. Um, you know if he wouldn't have got hurt, who knows uh, how many more offers he would have had. but we're glad he's with us. Um, you know he's just has to continue to, to get better and work hard and, and uh, you know get going academically, which he's done a, a good job up to this point. You know, so we'll continue with him uh, and see what happens, uh, you know, for his future moving forward.
0: He's originally from New York, but now calls the second city his home. He prefers seeing a yellow card over an icing call. His choice in pizza is still up for debate, but his knowledge of sports spans from boxing to yachting. Here's the worldly Teddy Greenstein of the Chicago Tribune.
1: Well, you answered the phone, so I'm, I'm assuming you, you've made your way back from Las Vegas
7: last week. I did. It's always so funny, that flight back home to Chicago from Las Vegas where, like, three people are awake on the flight. <laughs> Everybody's got their, their, their sunglasses on. The, the, the shades are pulled up so everybody could just kind of sleep off whatever they were doing. Uh, I did go to bed at 5 a.m. my final night. Had some hijinks with, uh, with my boys, and um, – little time in the sports book. I asked him when I got there, I said, who are people betting on? And he said too, he said, Alabama and UMass. (laughs) Those were the two most popular bets. Alabama hit easily. And then UMass Northwestern was fascinating based on when you came in. Uh, Obviously it ended up being a 39 point game. And it's at one point it was 40.5. I know at the end it was 38.5. Like, It's such an obscure line, such an unusual game, and it ended up being basically right on the nose.
1: That was Northwestern's second win of the year, although they won. It didn't seem like the head coach
7: (laughs) loved his quarterback play in that game. Isn't it something? I mean, UMass has one of the worst pass defenses in college football history. I mean, easily the worst this year. And Northwestern's uh, Aiden Smith went seven for 13 with two picks. So. You know, I don't know. Fitz is definitely fed up with with uh, with him. I think with all his quarterbacks, uh, they have they have many. They have like five different quarterbacks, but you know, none of them are very good or healthy. Uh, Hunter Johnson's banged up. He's been going through something with his mom, so he's been you know having a really really poor season. Aiden Smith is, I guess, played well enough to you know to to take the take the snaps, but uh, Mar- you know, all, all these guys, it, it's just been so incredibly disappointing. Um, you know, folks thought, all right, Clayton Thorson, uh, was really good, but you know, we'll move on from him and get somebody in there just as good. And it's been nothing close to that.
1: Teddy remind me is, has Illinois passed legalized sports betting?
7: Illinois. Yes. We're in like an in-between phase right now where it's legal, but you know, all the idiot politicians in the state have not figured out the next step. So, um, I know they were hoping, you know, some organizations were hoping to uh, open sports books definitely by the Super Bowl, if not by, like, football season, and from what I've gathered, they're just not even close. So they'll just figure out a way to completely screw it up, and, you know, that's what, what, what is so interesting to me in terms of, uh, you know, sports books, how are they going to make money but still be have it be enticing enough to sports bettors? So, you know, most people listening probably know that the standard sports bet is minus 110. You wager $110 to win 100 Well, you know, you know, folks in Illinois, especially if they're not very savvy with this, are going to say, oh, let's throw, just throw a bunch of taxes on it. So we get our piece and all this and that. And next thing you know, it's going to be, you know, minus 120. And guess what? People are not going to bet minus 120 unless they're, you know, really kind of ignorant to, to you know, to the more advantageous lines. So, it will be interesting to see how it's all settled, and um, you know how many states are in front. Right now, you can go across the border to Indiana, and uh, and play sports bet, but Illinois does not have its act together yet.
1: And, and on the other side of you, Iowa has got their casinos up and running. I just right. kind of wonder the folks in Ve- how much will this take away from Vegas trips for people because now you can go do it semi close to where you live in a lot of these states. Now you just wonder if the folks in Vegas are nervous if it's going to drop off their their occupancy rate as they move into the next decade
7: it has to you know take you, a hit. yeah you and my editor are in lockstep she actually at one point said hey if you're going to vegas you know do a story go to the sports books and, and talk to people about that and then uh, i kind of decided i didn't want to spend my my day off doing that but um i think it is a totally logical question i think we'll just have to see in the years to come but I think preliminarily the folks in Vegas feel like there's still so much else there that people come for, you know, they come for the table games and the shows and the restaurants and just to be totally immersed in it where, you know, if you're doing it in Chicago and then you're going to Hammond, Indiana, you, you probably wouldn't have gone to Vegas anyway, but you know, maybe you get a taste of it there and then, you want to go to an even greater sports book. I mean, I was walking around also Caesars, which is a beautiful sports book yeah. and they had, uh, you know, they're broadcasting a show from there. So maybe it'll get dinged up a little bit, but I think it's the kind of case where maybe it's like um, folks in, you know, baseball and all the sports used to wonder, Hey, if we put our product on TV, maybe people are not going to come. And it turns out it was exactly the opposite. The Cubs were at the forefront of putting their product on TV and WGN Everybody saw what Wrigley Field looked like and then said, I want to be part of that. So I think that's more likely to happen.
1: Very good. Well, we're glad you made it out of there. Did you take your clubs? you get a little golf in while you're out
7: there? I didn't. I thought about it, Greg. You know, there's there's uh, an interesting course there. There's the Wynn course, which is basically right on the strip. And I got to play it once and really loved it because I just love the novelty of, you know, playing so close, looking up at the, you know, the buildings and casinos. And then it shut down and now it's reopened. So they can't, they could not figure out if the land was more valuable as a golf course for people willing to pay five or $600 or, you know, the whales get on for free, or if it's more valuable as property as hotel. And I think they ultimately decided it's better as a golf course. So lucky us, that's a, that's a really good one, but um, no, I knew Saturday I was just going to want to watch ball basically uh, all day and play poker, and that's what I did.
1: Very good. All right, well, you're headed to Columbus this week. Penn State's got a good football team, Teddy, and they're getting 19 points. Am I reading that
7: right? Yeah, and, and I'm I'm on Ohio State. He's, I, I just think Penn State's been kind of leaky. I mean, you know, the defense didn't look particularly good uh, two weeks ago at Minnesota. didn't look very good against Indiana. Ohio State is just so perfectly primed. Um, You know, they also get Chase Young back as a defensive end. You know he's just going to try to wreak havoc. So, you know, when I think of a final score, I'm thinking more like, you know, 34 to 10, something like that. I think Ohio State is is that good, even though, as you probably know, the last three games have been decided by one point, one point, and three points. So it's been an unbelievable series. And also – the last three games, the winning team was down double digits in the fourth quarter. <laughs> Pretty yeah. amazing. So, yeah, it's it's been, I guess you'd have to say, the best, you know, the, the most hotly contested uh, series in the Big Ten. It's certainly been closer than Ohio State-Michigan. It's been closer than Michigan-Michigan State. So, um, yeah, it's, it, I think it's the best thing going right now in Big Ten football.
1: Yeah, and now we're into the pressure games of November where the teams that are trying to hang on are – are feeling a little bit of
7: heat? You're above water. Are you not on your picks for the year? I am. I'm like uh, six or seven games over 500. Thanks for asking. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a good little stretch. Uh, I was mad at myself the last two weeks. I've actually picked against Notre Dame. I thought Duke would cover some ridiculous reason two weeks ago, and then everybody seemed to think that Navy was was the smart pick. Pick plus seven and a half against Notre Dame, and the halftime score was uh, 38 to three. Notre Dame, so. I've screwed that one up, but uh, yeah, sixty fifty three and three on the season. All right, two games in the
1: league: Illinois, Iowa, Michigan, Indiana. You got any lean on those
7: yeah. two? Oh, I do. I mean, those are ones where I'm definitely liking the underdogs. Ah. Definitely, you know, taking the points in that. You know, it's interesting. I don't know if you remember that Michigan Indiana game last year. Michigan was a twenty eight point favorite. Playing at home against Indiana, and, and you know, last year Michigan was steamrolling everybody. They had lost early on to Notre Dame, and then had won whatever eight or nine in a row, and struggled with Indiana somewhat. And it was only an eleven-point game. Well, this year, it's the same situation where Michigan, you know, just naturally is looking ahead to Ohio State a little bit, but Indiana is better, has even more speed for Michigan to deal with, and the game's in Bloomington. So I think that's a it's an easy pick for me. Take Indiana in the nine and a half. Um, and I don't see why this line is so big this Illinois Iowa line. Um, people are clearly not believers in Illinois. The, the line started at 12 and has risen to 15. So there's a lot of money going on Iowa. and Illinois is like one you know covered its last four. Iowa, we know is not exactly scoring a ton of points no matter where they play. So I, I think this one is, is very logical for the line I plus 15.
1: Yeah, and Iowa coming off that emotional win over Minnesota. They may, they may take a couple days to come down from that as well. All right, well, so you're headed to the shoe. Travel safe. We'll uh, look
7: forward to talking to you next week on Thanksgiving week. Absolutely, Greg. That will be great, man. Enjoy the weekend.
1: There he is, Teddy Greenstein, joining us on our Sports Nightly Hotline, brought to you by the Woodhouse Auto family, bringing you more choices in brands, locations, and service. Experience the difference. Purchase with confidence. This is Woodhouse. Tough, tough life. I know we say it every week with that guy, but he spent last weekend in Vegas. Didn't take his
2: clubs. I'm a little surprised by that. Imagine having to do that, go all the way to Vegas and be there. I just I don't know how you do it. Tough deal. Well, you know, at least he gets to come on with us once a week so we can make mm-hmm. him feel better.
1: Yeah, that's what we try to do. Phone lines open, 866 Husker one 866-487-5371. We'll take some calls, and we'll play you some clips from Fred Hoiberg's media session from today. The Oscars on the hardwood tomorrow night, taking on Southern University. We'll dive into all that next. The UNO Mavericks. Knocked off Washington State in college basketball tonight. That's a big win for the Mavs. Sure is. Washington huge State. Second was, half,
2: right? Yeah, they were I think Washington State was up ten or so at the at the break and Omaha just came storming back, held Washington State without a bucket for like the last six minutes of the game. So huge win for the Mavs.
1: Good win for UNO. Washington State is Nebraska's opponent next Monday. Round one of the Cayman Islands tournament that Nebraska will be taking part in. But before that, the Big Red set to host Southern tomorrow night at PBA at
2: 7 o'clock. And the head coach met with the media earlier today. He sure did. Of course, Coach Hoiberg is getting his team ready. And they've had a bunch of time to prepare. Um, But now all of a sudden, you flip that script and a whole bunch of games in just six days. Four, in fact. How has that
5: changed at all? How the team is prepared? Well, it, it doesn't change anything. Um, you know, I guess the last two weeks we've had two games, so it's been more like a football uh, schedule the way we've managed our team. Uh, you know, we got uh, got a tough schedule coming up. Starting tomorrow, this team plays extremely hard. Uh, New Mexico State is the number one seed that came in tournament. It's a two possession game under three minutes. Uh, so their uh, their team is going to come in here and they do a lot of different things. We have to come out ready to go, uh, play hard for forty minutes, and then uh, you know then worry about the next step. But you know, it's just one one day at a time, one game at a time. One possession of the time and
2: hopefully we continue to get better and ready set go i mean it's it's gonna tip off boys are gonna play tomorrow and then they're gonna hop on a plane and play a whole bunch more i think Is, they're ready for that i think they're ready yeah i think they're ready to just start playing a whole bunch of games
1: yeah it's just been really i mean I, nebraska i'd have to look but they'd have to
2: have played about as few games as anybody in the country at this point in time yeah it's got to be it's got to be close to it yep. and Obviously, when they hit the floor tomorrow against Southern, they'll be coming off their first win. Looking to
5: build off of that, here's Fred Hoiberg. I did. I, I noticed the guys, uh, you know, sometimes getting that first one uh, is, uh, you know, something you can build on, obviously, from a confidence standpoint. Uh, guys have had great energy uh, in the gym. I've seen smile on their faces for the first time uh, in a while, and, and that's when our guys go out to play best. Uh, when you go out there and you think and, uh, you know, you want you know you worry about where that next shot's coming from uh you know things have a tendency to go the wrong way but when you go out and play with confidence and fly around and play with great effort good things uh, uh tend to happen so it, it was a good week for us good week of practice uh i do think it's a team that has more confidence right now based on uh, getting that win and, uh, and getting it behind us so hopefully we can uh you know have a great week ahead of us uh you know start with tomorrow uh, again need to play with great effort coming right out of the uh, out of the gate and uh and hopefully continue to build some momentum yeah, you hope the confidence factor
2: just keeps improving with this team and, you know, they're starting to to believe more in what they're doing. We talked about that a ton with uh, Husker football and mm-hmm. believing in what they're doing. But, you know, basketball too, they just play so many games. Uh, confidence is a huge thing, and it's fragile in college hoops. It's Getting that first ones can be tough. Kind of like in baseball, the,
1: the toughest outs are the last ones. In, in a lot of sports, just getting that first win and feeling like, all right, now we can breathe a little bit. I think you could kind of sense that with that team, and they were dynamite in that first half against South Dakota State last Friday night. Let's hope that does carry over tomorrow. What about the health
2: early on of his team? Coach Hoiberg addressed that today.
5: Everybody's everybody's doing good. Yeah, we uh, you know we we do a lot of things here back when I played. Just went out in practice. Now you got these recovery tests and heart rate monitors, and uh, you know you can plan accordingly with how the guys' bodies uh, are recovery we've got hard we've had really good hard competitive practices this week and again hopefully that carries over into the game tomorrow yeah
2: you sure hope health isn't a concern this time of the year but knock. Oscars have been nicked up nicked up a little bit but obviously out of the time off helps that knock on wood right I mean so far so good with
1: that and You know, that you've got, of your 12 scholarship players, two are ineligible to play this year, and right now a third one is ineligible. So you're down to nine scholarship guys that you can have for your basketball team. Then they have some walk-ons that can certainly fill some roles for them a little bit. But,
2: yeah, this team isn't deep enough in a lot of spots to to overcome some injuries. Right. What about getting up and down the floor? Obviously, the tempo for Nebraska basketball wants to be that. Uh, You know, run, run, run is going to be the mantra of this team, and – uh, getting the team up-tempo, Coach Orberg talked about that today.
5: Well, we're showing flashes, and you know, certainly that first uh, 20 minutes the other night against South Florida State uh, was exactly how we'd like it to be in 40 minutes. Uh, but, you know, it's something we worked on as far as getting out, uh, throwing the ball ahead, uh, when we can get deflections and, and, uh, and get that ball off the rim as opposed to taking it out the net. Uh, good things tend to happen when we threw ahead. We were very efficient uh, in our offense the right. other night. Uh, against South Dakota State, but uh, we need to sustain that. We need to have 40 minutes of it, understand what is uh, giving us an opportunity to be successful on the offensive end. And the more easy baskets we can get, obviously that builds confidence. Uh, you know, we did shoot the ball better. Uh, three percentage would be great, but we had three of them right on the line. Uh, you know, those three go in, you actually shoot a pretty decent percentage. So, uh, you know, just continue to go out and build the right habits. And you know, whether things are going great or you're going through a tough time, uh, you have to be constant in, uh, in your
7: approach.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's the whole point of getting up and down the floor is to get easy looks and get easy points. If you can get moving towards the rim before the defense is back and set, that's the best case scenario. I think teams are going to prepare for that and do, and do the best they can, but you hope that it's hard to replicate, you know, your speed and your ability to get up the floor. I was so impressed with how hard they took the
1: ball to the rim against – the Jackrabbits last Friday night got easy. Didn't settle for jumpers, and their jumpers have not been following, 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 what am falling. I to, falling early in the season. So what do you do? You take the ball to the rim. You get yourself into a rhythm, get some layups. And, and I thought they were impressive with that in the first 20 minutes last
2: week. And then, then you have more confidence to step back and hit that jump shot. Yeah. Uh, one thing that is going to be focused on pretty hard um, and – a statistic that people should follow and pay attention to is Nebraska from the free throw line because I, I don't I don't know that this is a very good foul shooting team and you know the coach Miles had guys make a living at the foul line guys like James Palmer and Teran mm-hmm. who it was such a big part of the offense was to get fouled and get to the rim Siobhan Shields but I don't know that this is gonna that's gonna be a big strength of this team is is knocking down free throws uh, we mentioned injuries a while back a guy that tweaked an ankle and has been um, kind of Topsy turvy on that leg for a while has been Mate Kavas. Coach Hoiberg talked about the Seattle transfer today.
5: Well, I've seen him have a 7 for 10 day in practice from three. Uh, Yesterday he was 6 to 7 from three. You know, Mate, in my opinion, he's just one game away from seeing that ball go in the hoop to get him to take off. He's playing really well uh, in practice. We need to continue to try to find him to get him going. Uh, You know, we ran a couple plays ATO to try to get him shots. Uh, but, you know, as a guy that went through plenty of struggles uh, in his life, you know, sometimes it just takes that one game to see that ball going through the hoop uh, to get you going. He's a great
2: shooter. I mean, I've seen it firsthand. He's got a really pretty stroke. It takes a little while to get off. But, I mean, he's a right around a 43 44% career three-point shooter. In terms of percentages, Nebraska hasn't had anybody that could shoot that well for a long, long time. It's going to turn for
1: him. You can just tell he's too, his, his form is too good. Everything is, is right there. So it's going to turn for him. And when it does, he's going to go through a stretch bend where he makes like
2: 10 out of 16 or something like that. You're going to go, wow, he just doesn't miss. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a very pretty stroke. We go from one player on the team to the next, Gervais Green, junior college transfer into the program. Coach Hoiberg talked about him and his playing right now.
5: I think Gervais doing doing really well Uh, you know had uh, 18 shot attempts in the game uh, against Southern Utah and uh, you know didn't get as many the other night but I thought he did a lot of other things well his defensive intensity was off the charts he had a big possession uh where he got a deflection, denied the ball in. Uh, Cam got it through ahead to him. Uh, but he can impact the game in a lot of different ways. I mean, he's a guy that can rebound. We're asking him to play a spot he's probably never played before. He's playing the fourth position uh, for us. Uh, but he's uh, he's very versatile, especially on the defensive end. Uh, he's an athletic kid. He can get downhill with the ball uh, and into the paint. And, you know, I think he's really adjusted well. Yeah, Gervais is going to be an X factor this year.
2: Uh, you know, what – on both ends of the floor he plays with a lot of passion a lot of energy and I think he's going to be one of those guys that are pretty streaky you know there are times when he's lighting it up and there are times he might disappear and I think uh, sometimes especially in the Big Ten Nebraska may go as he goes. Ryan Held was here last hour and we were talking about junior
1: college he's had two running backs in his room the last couple of years Diedrich Mills the newest one and you know, he just said with junior college players, it sometimes takes a little bit more time for them to kind of feel comfortable, feel like that they belong. And Gervais, I think, is going through that a little bit right now because you you can see the talent that he has. You saw him in, in Italy where he lit up a couple of games. But it's a different level. I mean, the, the the athletes are so much better at this level than they are at the junior college level where you could just basically show up and you could just dominate people. Can't do that night in, night out at the Division
2: One level. And I think it's a transition period for him right now. Well, and there's also two areas to this game that are much different and are much bigger hurdles to jump, scouting and coaching. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, you're not going to have any secrets when you play in this league due to the, the resources and the, and the good coaching in this league. Speaking of that, taking that one step further, analytics are starting to play a bigger uh, spot in college hoops. Coach Hoiberg addressed that today as well. Yeah, I
5: do. I believe in analytics. I, you know, every game, I, I look at where we get our shots and, and also defensively where we're giving them up. And uh, you know, that's a big part of you know if you win that shot chart battle, uh, generally have a pretty good chance of winning the game. Um, you know, we, we had a, a, a very good you know, again those three shots in the line didn't help, but. Uh, you know, we're, we're trying to get that thing in the restricted area, or create open threes. And you know, I am confident this group, you know, is one game away from you know having a really good shooting night. We've had in practice. I've seen this team do it, and and I know we're capable. Uh, so hopefully we continue to create good looks, uh, you know, and the percentages hopefully will go up. But uh, yeah, we, we look at a lot of analytics, uh, you know, and, and then uh, again with where the teams were playing against the, the ball did get the paint way too many times against South Dakota State, especially in the second half. Uh, so, you know, the things that we did well in the first half, rebound, uh, uh, getting stops, rebounding the ball, throwing ahead, uh, we didn't do as good a job in the second half because most time we're taking the ball out of the net.
2: So much changing uh, on a year-to-year basis with college basketball and the improvement at technology. Team has been practice all week to head out to the Cayman Islands. What's Coach Hoiberg looking to get out of this tournament?
5: Yeah, I'm just looking to continue to take steps in the right direction. You know, hopefully continue to get better. Uh, you know, we we'll play some good opponents, and, and we haven't had this stretch where we played a lot of games in a short amount of time. Uh, and when we get back, uh, you know, to have the three road games at uh, at Georgia Tech, at Creighton, and at Indiana. Uh, you know, the schedule's. Uh, going to be a monster. So, you know, this hopefully will prepare us for that. Uh, we've just got to go out again and take a one one game at a time, one possession at a time.
2: Coach Hoyberg, earlier today, the team will take on Southern and then jump on a play and head down to the Cayman Islands. Probably wishing you were going a little bit, right? Just a little, I would take a little some part warm, of you. I would take some warm weather for sure.
1: I think there's any opportunity to play some golf down there. They have night games on, right? They could. I wonder if Jake's taking the sticks. Maybe. Down there. Maybe. They Might. don't tip off till seven thirty Monday night. He could
2: easily get around in. Imagine how much trouble he'd grief he'd get from everybody else bringing the sticks. Well, down. okay, go rent them. Yeah, probably do that. Yeah, right. Now that's an option.
1: All right. Very good. Seven o'clock tomorrow. Ken's too busy working. He's... No, no, no. Yeah, that's uh, not even a question. Yeah, that would not never, never happen there. Welcome back, Sports Hotline here on a Thursday night, and delighted to be joined now by Husker wrestling coach Mark Manning, twentieth season, and boy, he looks like a he looks like he's right out of high school, but a twentieth season as a Husker head coach. How are you, coach? You doing okay? Doing great, Greg. Thanks for having us on. Good to be with you. I know you've already had a couple of. Uh, weekends under your belt. You were up in Brookings, South Dakota last weekend, traveled back to New York the weekend before that. Give me an early prognosis. What have you seen from your guys?
8: Well, our guys are doing a great job. They're really – they've really just – they've spent a great offseason improving themselves, a lot of great development. And so, you know, sometimes, you know, experiences – is great, but, but, uh, what they do with that experience and that the lessons they learn is, is so valuable. And I really like where our guys are at. We have a lot of returners and, um, you know, up and down the lineup. So they, they've really improved and we had a great weekend out in on New York. Like you talked about Northeast duels. We had, we had six champions on their different weight classes and then two other runner ups. So, um, just just really good and uh and then we had a couple of red freshmen have great weekend last last uh last weekend in, in at South Dakota State Open. Um Ridge Levitt is a true freshman from Idaho, won his weight at one thirty three and Kevon Davaport, a true freshman from Detroit, uh Central Catholic, won his weight at one forty nine and beat the fifteenth ranked guy in the country. So so some really good stuff and really like where our team is
1: you you go into this weekend and you're you're going to be competing against wyoming tomorrow night at the Devaney center at seven and then a really good northern iowa squad on sunday at one uh, you'll travel yeah. to, to cedar falls for that you've got five top 10 wrestlers right now that are competing on the mat take me through those guys uh, talk a little bit about taylor and and uh isaiah and chad those guys have been such bellwethers for you the last couple of years
8: yeah, we have four four All-Americans back in our lineup. CJ grad two-time All-American. He's entering his junior year, and CJ is uh, he, he's he's a great talent. And he, you know, he told me last spring, which goes a long way for what this guy's mindset's like. He said, "Hey, Coach, I'm I'm uh, I'm going to have a great off-season because I'm not worried about being All-American anymore. I want to be a national champion," and so that says a lot and that it, that's it's different being you know placing in the top 8 is great you're an all-american but now he wants to be he wants to be the best he wants to stand on top of the podium so that's really good um Isaiah White back at 165 he's uh senior now and doing a great job Isaiah's in much better shape and just I think he's more bought in to the team concept and he, he's going to have a great year. Uh, Mikey Labrador at 174 was a redshirt freshman, All-American for us, a great talent, and he's he's got a lot better. And really excited where where his season's go, going. And then and then Taylor Venz, who's All-American for us, he he's lost one time out in New York to two-time national champion from Arizona State in a really kinda of tight, controversial match, eight to seven. So Taylor's off to a great start. Those guys are, you know, part of our leaders along with, you know, Eric Schultz, Schultz at one ninety seven and and uh Eric's off to a really good start. So yeah. We're we're excited about this weekend. We know there's some gonna be some challenges tomorrow night, you know, with Wyoming and uh we expect a great crowd and then Sunday traveling over to Northern Iowa. they got a really good team in there, and uh, it'll be a great great challenge and great environment, so we're excited.
1: Oscar Wrestling Coach Mark Manning with us again. The Big Red in action tomorrow night at the Devaney Center against Wyoming at 7 o'clock. You mentioned some of those kind of bellwether wrestlers for you guys that have been around for quite a while. Are you... Are you seeing some pretty good competition up and down the lineup? I know you have your set lineup, but how much competition are you seeing on the Madeline on a daily basis for some of your weight classes?
8: A lot. We we've uh we felt we've really recruited well. We have, you know, 125 Alex Thompson is shirt freshman and uh he's he's uh he's got a lot of potential and Alex is just going to get better each every week and um Really excited about where Alex is going, and then at 133 we have a couple different options there. Javon Paris was our our starter at the end of the year last year, but he's kind of grown out of that weight class, and we're going to redshirt him. But because um, he was a true freshman last year for us, but but we have Zach Hensley, who's a fifth year starter, and then uh, shirt you know, a true freshman in Rich Lovett that we're. Um, that we're probably going to pull out a red shirt this weekend, so we got a lot of competition at 133, 149. We have a number of guys, but Colin Purrington's our guy right now. He's a fifth-year senior. has put in a ton of work, man. Just love where that kid is, and Colin's going to have a great year for us. And then, you know, we have different individuals um, up and down the lineup, but the other those other guys, kind of those bell cows, really stand out, and then. At heavyweight, Christian Lance has been on our program. Really stepped it up, and he, he beat David Jensen a couple weeks ago out east. So we have you know a couple really good heavyweight options, and we'll see where that where that uh, goes as it, as the season um, progresses.
1: Coach, I just I love the makeup of this team, and I look at that. I look at your roster, and I mm-hmm. see some really good guys that aren't even in projected starters. That's why I asked you if you if you like the depth of your team, and it. I just think it shows the strength of your program right now, and you and your staff yeah. do such a great job every year, and it just looks like you've got this thing set up to where you just you're pretty darn deep each week, and you're gonna be tough to beat in a lot of these duels.
8: Yeah, we we we're gonna be tough. Uh, yeah, we. We're, we we don't have much weakness on this team and, and uh, it's really exciting we signed six guys you know a week or so ago and um, so we really like where we're going and where we're heading and just really great culture on our team and these guys uh, <laughs> you know we're ranked third in the country for whatever that means but but you know our, our goal is to beat Penn State and Iowa and those are two teams in front of us and you know you, you, if you can win the conference, you, you can do, you know. You, and then you can set your sights on, yep. on winning national titles. So we know we're in a winner, the best wrestling conference, and we got a lot of, um, you know, kind of big dogs in front of us. But we're ready for this challenge, and it's it's going to be fun year.
1: No doubt. I'm looking forward to getting out and seeing some matches again tomorrow night. The Huskers at home against Wyoming, 7 o'clock at the Devaney Center, BTN Plus. We'll have the television version of it. Great home slate this year. A trio of matches in the middle part of January at Penn State, Michigan State, Ohio State all coming. This is going to be a fun, fun year. Coach, we always appreciate the time. I'm, I'm jacked about your team. I know you're, you're off to a great start. Keep this thing rolling this weekend.
8: we Will do. Thanks a lot. Appreciate Appreciate You guys do a great job. Thanks, Greg.
1: I'd like to invite you to donate today to the Woodhouse Backpack Challenge and help secure meals for hungry children across our community. Visit woodhouse.com slash food bank to donate and support food bank for the Heartland Backpack Program. Rick Sharp, Ben McLaughlin, a couple minutes left here in the program. This is our last few minutes of the week. No show tomorrow with Husker basketball on the air against Southern. So the next time you and I'll be on the air, will be with pregame coverage on Saturday
2: morning. Yeah, ready to roll, Huskers and Terps. This is a big game for Nebraska. and a, Boy, you just hope to be a happy flight home with the boys. One in Illinois. This is the fifth road game of the year. Huskers are currently one in three.
1: We've had some heartbreakers. The the loss at Purdue, the most recent one, that was certainly a heartbreaker. And you go back to the very first road trip of the year, Colorado. It was interesting. We were in here uh, talking to uh, Coach Held, and he, he brought he brought up both of those games about how
2: how heartbreaking both the Colorado and Purdue games were. Yeah, they hurt hurt pretty bad. I mean, I don't that that Colorado game stung like something fierce, and I. I don't know that, that I've fully shaken it. It's just been really, really a tough pill to swallow. Yeah, those are just two games
1: that you play here or there, and it flips, and the season totally looks different. But they're not. You can't do anything about it. Now you got to go on, and you have two, two more cracks at this 2019 season. I heard Nate last night <clears throat> make the comment, and so true. We look so forward to the football season. You get to Chicago for media days. And you snap your fingers, and here we are with two games to go. It just, like,
2: flies by so fast. Yeah. That's why looking, looking forward to the off and doing that analyzing does to no good right now because as soon as the season's over, you're going to be wishing we had football back. Yeah. No doubt.
1: What's going on in the NFL? 10-10 tie?
2: Yep. Halftime? Half time.
1: Austin's probably a little nervous back there. Yeah, maybe. Worried about his Colts. That'd be a huge win if they go to Houston and get a victory on the road. No doubt. Big win for those guys tonight. All right, Oscar Hoops tomorrow night. We'll start our pregame coverage at 9.30 on Saturday morning with the opening drive, Nate Roar, and this week our our third wheel, Joel McAvicka, former Husker fullback, very popular former Husker, so he'll join Nate and I for the opening drive. Brendan Sy, Ben McLaughlin on Husker game day. Again, tomorrow night, no show. That's because Husker basketball. Kent Pavelka, Jake Muehlheisen will have the call as the Huskers take on Southern, 7 o'clock at PBA just after 6 when pregame coverage begins tomorrow night.